Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. In true Goblin fashion, we managed to record an incredibly ironic episode and then release it in the middle of a pandemic. It does feel very brand on us, but we wanted to use today to kind of follow up on what we talked about then and discuss some of what we can be doing during these times of social distancing. I am referring to the last time we had Manicurves on and we talked about social anxiety. This actually worked out kind of well because it is... Um, May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we do want to have a focus this month on mental health topics. And it turned out that uh, Chase did have some time to come back on. And we're going to talk a little bit about kind of how we each have been affected by this, uh, the pandemic, the quarantine, the social distancing, and how our mental health and ways that we can kind of combat it. But first, we need to introduce ourselves and answer our opening question. So we'll let our guests start with this. But if you had to be quarantined with somebody from Magic Lore, who would it be? Wow. I remember my question, my answer last time, and I don't know why I answered that way. If I had to be <laughs> quarantined with somebody, well, no, I had two answers. I remember because we tried. I remember to, both of your answers. Yeah, the you first remember time both of my answers. I think they remain this. the same. I think they remain yeah. the same. Well, no, actually, they changed a little bit. They okay. changed a little bit. I have a serious one and a joke one. My serious one is Garrick. Um, a hundred percent. And the reason why is because he's literally like a doomsday prepper in my mind. And I feel <laughs> like he would take very good care of me during like, like a quarantine situation. Like, I feel like he would have like a basement dedicated to, um, like jar, like hand foods. He would like skin me a deer um, like he would, you were say he would skin you. No, like, he would skin me a deer, character. and then we would wear the clothes. Like if 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 the if 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 if, if the COVID nineteen turned into some sort of like zombie situation. Yep. And I feel like he would. I would have the highest chance of survival with him because he's been cursed. So he's been living in the woods. He's been making wolves with his with his with his card. You know, he he's friends with the wolves. He's like the Tarzan of the wolves. I feel like I would have a higher chance of survival with him. And I also feel like because he's very big, I wouldn't have to walk. So like he, you know, like like those little like um like kangaroo carriers that moms have that they wear on their chest. I you imagine mean their pouches. I don't think they wear. Pouch. No, 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 no. Like human moms, that. like they buy like human oh. moms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you did say kangaroo, so I'm just yeah. It's called a k. I said a, a kangaroo carrier that ah, mom gotcha. wear. Yeah, like on their yeah, chest. You know, I, I wore don't, one of those. A yeah, lot. I don't know what it's called, but you have a baby, so I feel like you'd know. Is there like a term for that? I mean, baby Bjorn is probably baby the most Bjorn. common. I feel yeah. like Garrick would wear me in a baby Bjorn on his <laughs> chest. Much like that, that episode answer. of SpongeBob. That's my serious answer because he's so big that there, I would be like in the middle of his broad chest, just hanging there, kind of enjoying my time, feeling the air on my face as he sprinted on the hunt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're no longer quarantined with him. Apparently, you guys. Well, are if we have to move, if, if 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 it if. I'm saying a lot of ifs, but like like if something descends upon <laughs> yeah. us and we are in a a fight or flight situation we're gonna flight man because like he he really? he may be strong but he's not stupid okay. he's gonna flight until he has to fight and then he'll do he's that too huntsman. he's a huntsman yeah okay so that's, that's your that's my serious that's answer. your serious answer yes. what is your joke answer then? my joke answer last time was bolus but i changed it actually to ugin Ooh. i changed it to ugin um i switched it on the brothers here okay and 
Um, the reason why is because I feel like Ugin would take care of me. Not in the way that Garrick would, but like Ugin would really like just like listen, you know? Like I feel like he just listens to you. Um he also <laughs> hears you. He hears Ugin. you. I I really yeah, I really think that like Ugin would be there for you, like as a good guy, you know? He just screams like I'm a good guy. And I wanna like hear you. <laughs> and that's I this is I've gained all of this information by listening to his voice clips on um Arena. Arena? Yeah, that was Arena. like I was like your 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 knowledge of, of Ugin and seems to come his, from <laughs> his voice is so deep and bassy that I just feel safe hearing it. I'm like I'm whoever did the voice acting, please contact me. <laughs> just send a message to Chase after please this. Please contact me. Please. I'm in love with you. Like, like, <laughs> I, like every time whoever is in charge of choosing the voice actors for Arena has probably done the best job ever. And I think, and I'm not kidding here, they should get a raise or some sort of like mention or shout out. Every single voice has been spot on, spot on. And I, so, I just, whoever yeah. does Ugin's voice, I'm not email kidding. Us. Please contact and me. Speaking of, he's like, did you, like okay. uh, Chase? Did you introduce? Tell us, you know, our listeners where they can find you on the internet. No, I didn't. I just got really into Ugin and Garrick. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was really excited about Garrick and Ugin. I really was excited about Garrick. Garrick's like Garrick's like the practical guy. Have any of y'all watched Sex in the City? If so, Ugin would be um Ugin would be her um Aiden. Ugin would be Aiden and um Garrick would be um Mr. Big and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, no no no. Ugin would be Mr. Big and Garrick would be Aiden cuz Aiden built furniture. Um Yeah, yes he so, did. Garrick yes, built furniture, yeah. 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 Okay, well, so well, that case we're glad to have you again. <laughs> Thank you. That was my long-winded <laughs> answer. Um where you can find me you can find me everywhere you can find me linkedin tumblr indeed um 4chan i'm just kidding i'm not on 4chan um that no, <laughs> no i'm no, not, no, I'm not on 4chan um but seriously you can find me on twitter mostly that's where i do most of my um magic content creation that's where i post most of it anyway as mana curves um i'm also on twitch as mana curves and i stream tuesdays um my always be brewing deck building stream i stream wednesdays my brawl on arena stream and then i stream sundays my filthy casuals which is a paper commander stream all of which start at 7 p.m eastern time um i'm also sponsored by the lovely people at ultra pro and tcg player and i also have just started writing for tcg player about commander which is very fun yeah um and that's that's me that's me welcome back thank you glad to have you again do you regret it after I started going on a on a tirade about why I would date Ugin or the voice nope. actor of Ugin? Definitely nope. not. The opposite nope. of, if of anything. Yeah. I was gonna say. But am I wrong? That might have earned you another like invite back. It's a very. It's just. It's a. It's a deep bassy like. <laughs> like I love it. I love, <laughs> that's my impression of me doing. That's your impression of the Ugin voice that's supposed to be comforting. Yes, it's like, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like it's like like I don't know. There's just something about it that makes me want to like curl up in a ball and go, I'm 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 gonna be okay. I don't know. <laughs> I told people I was really excited about recording this episode, and as they we haven't even gotten to the topic yet, and I'm just going off here about how I really just have a strong like draw to <laughs> to yeah. 
to Eugene, no less. <laughs> hey, Alex, how are you doing? <laughs> doing good. He's like, I'm doing terrified. <laughs> I'm, I'm frightened of this person. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, it is. It's always delightful to have you back. So I'm always glad when when you have time because you are so busy on the internet. Uh, unlike myself, uh, hello, I'm Alex on, on Twitter uh, at Mel underscore Chronicler. And I, I do this podcast and then I, I sometimes also do this podcast again. Um, so uh, my answer for this uh, is, is someone who I've said for other things. I'm going with Tamio. And I think that's just because like, because of her voice I'm, act. No, no, actually I, I have no idea, but I, I don't, I have not actually played very much Magic Arena, so I, I, I'm not familiar with the, uh, the the folks doing voice acting for the game. But um, I love her her story, and she has lots of s- stories and history. And I think that spending time just like talking to Tamio about the places she's been and the stories she's collected would be a really good way to spend a lot of time. But would she take care of you? That's an important I, question. I, exactly. <laughs> It is needed. It just said that, like, who you would like to spend quarantine with, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and you don't know where quarantine is going to take you. Would you rather have a storyteller or a doomsday prepper? Some of some of the, you know, some of the spells that she was casting with those stories and uh, yeah, Eldritch Moon were pretty powerful. She did trap somebody in a moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know when you need to trap somebody in the moon. Garrick was just chopping down trees. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's what he had going for him he's at the time. down trees to build some furniture i mean that's that's fair he just wanted to win carrie back <laughs> well thank you alex um and i am hobsq uh you can find me on twitter and twitch both as hobsq i've been streaming a little bit more which is price and i'll get into during this episode um and uh if i had to be quarantined with someone i said that it would be oko because oko makes food and he also he make, can kill elk or does make, he make elk. toilet paper. <laughs> what? I, I don't know. I feel what? like Garrick what? could probably make toilet paper. Is Garrick making toilet paper too? <laughs> well, I was saying you were you were saying food was in short supply, and I'm like, I think toilet paper is in short supply. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm literally being that asshole. I'm like, well, no, no, no. I'm thinking more along the lines of like, uh, you know, like some of the things that I. I like to do when I'm in quarantine, for instance, is I like to be cooking and mm-hmm. like yeast and um, baking supplies and all that tends to be in kind of short supply. And the Eldraine food tokens mm-hmm. make it seem like there's a good variety there. He could probably get me the ingredients. He could also kind of make green elk, which could bring us the food that we need without having to go out into the forest and risk ourselves. Mm. So... I think Oko is a is a lot safer than Garrick. Garrick could just decide that he's cursed by the chain veil again and just kill you for no uh, yes. reason. He, he wakes up in the morning. He wakes up in the middle of the morning and goes, you know what? I'm feeling chain a little veil. bit cursed. I'm feeling a little bit cursed today. I'm gonna put it back on real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you could also wake up and have a brand new swing that he built out of, you know, some trees that he cut down. So while researching for this episode, I actually, we did find a couple of lore tie-ins that kind of are relevant in Magic Story for kind of quarantine type situations. Uh, The first one that I found was uh, Faraz's Ban, which is a magical shield that was placed around the world of Volgothra um, by Faraz, who is, was, was Sarah's um, husband. I almost said Sarah's wife, but he was Sarah's husband. And it was because he had seen kind of 
uh, what the arrival of certain planeswalkers could do to the balance of the plane, kind of the fragile balance of it. They decided that they needed to do something. They kind of set the 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 sole mana stream that was available on the plane, and they kind of used spell constructions and part of Sarah's artifacts and all these devices, and they kind of created a barrier force that went kind of around the plane. It sealed it off from other planes, basically, so that it couldn't be um, they couldn't it, it couldn't be scried, it couldn't be seen, and uh, unfortunately, during this time period, the plan was a complete success in preventing planeswalkers from detecting. But because of the the shield that was around it, the great wood flourished in the the force of nature that became Autumn Willow was made uh, whole, basically. And there was another side effect, which was it caused wild surge of uncontrollable mana during the experiment, which led to his death. However, and when the band kind of slowly started to unravel, Olgothra fell back to the prey of the whims of planeswalkers. So basically we have this kind of situation where a magic shield was placed around to basically cut it off to cut off the area um, of Olgathra from being seen by kind of other planeswalkers because there had been bad effects from it can i interrupt please kind of yeah go ahead this i'm so sorry this reminds me of the plot of, of the simpsons movie <laughs> <laughs> I really figured we were going Scooby Doo again somehow. No, but, but like, am I wrong? Like, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. That's the only no. thing I'm going to say about it. But that is the plot of the Simpsons movie to this a T. And this is for at least it's one that um, uh, we can't say that Simpsons did it first. Yeah, they didn't they, because they clearly they, did it in like 2007. Right. I don't know what. But yeah. So. But it is the same sort of idea. They're basically trying to cut themselves off, thinking that it's going to protect them. And it does in the short term. We, we, I mean, it does actually protect them. Um, there's some stuff that goes on inside, like I said, with Faraz, kind of it, it, the man becomes a little uncontrollable and he's still kind of doing his experiments in, inside of this like shield and ends up dying. And, and it basically reveals the plane back out to where it can be seen. Faraz's band makes kind of a nice showing what can kind of happen when things are cut off and it's done for a reason of protection or it's done for a reason to kind of to, to keep things safe uh mm -hmm. alex i actually think what you found from urza, ugh, yeah. urza. <laughs> good excuse okay. to talk about how bad urza is so yeah, yeah the the other the other lore tie-in we found is is called the uh the shard of 12 worlds and i, I couldn't I remember reading about this. I think this was in the Ice Age novels, um, or maybe they, they talked about it in some other places too. Um, but basically, this was a group of 12 planes that were separated from the rest of the multiverse um, because, as, as a result of the Silex Blast, which Urza used at the end of the Brothers' War. And he apparently requested the Silex to protect Dominaria. Um, so this energy formed a shard and kept these 12 worlds, including Dominaria, inside of a shard that planeswalkers couldn't enter or leave. Um, and so this shard is actually kind of what led to the, the resolving of the Ice Age, because as, as the Silex Blast also caused basically a nuclear winter with magic. Um, and so years, many, many hundreds, uh, I don't know the exact timeline, but long time later, um, a number of planeswalkers came together to... Uh, with, to work with Freilis to cast the world spell to end the Ice Age. But the only reason most of them helped her is because the spell would also break the shard and allow them to go to more worlds. Um, and this then allowed them all to leave, but also it 
took away this protective barrier that was going to keep Phyrexia from attacking Dominaria, and that is why Urza wanted it there in the first place. And that actually brought Urza back to Dominaria to begin working on all of his schemes to try to protect the planet. So a lot of that his came, Goldberg machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. goodness. His yeah. multiple Rube Goldberg machines that built other Rube Goldberg machines. Yeah. But you kind of, I, I like this one because that part that you just said there at the end where it basically, what's interesting in this way is it was to keep the Phyrexians out. <laughs> if we can't come up with a better analogy for infection, <laughs> disease, um, <laughs> pandemic yeah. situation, Phyrexians are it. I mean, there, there are glistening black oil that just complete and, and when I say complete, it's with an A, uh, but basically it, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, could hear, I could hear the A, Yes, and, and it, it worked in both directions, though, too. It, it, it prevented them from coming to... Coming there, too. Okay. And it was... And at that time, too, like, there was plane-traveling technology that was not just planeswalkers, which created all sorts of plot things, and I think that's why Wizards has kind of said, well, since the mending, uh, planeswalkers are the only ones who can travel planes. Well, then they invented it on Kaladesh, I guess, so... <laughs> right. That's, that's not... 100% anymore, but like the Dominar or the, the Phyrexians had technology to travel planes. And so by creating this shard, it prevented them from getting to Dominaria. And and the problem being that, yes, the we, they ended the Ice Age by kind of breaking the shard, almost kind of, you know, let's make a joke here about breaking the <laughs> quarantine or breaking the lockdowns. And this basically, it allowed planeswalkers to roam free once again, but it also let the Phyrexians kind of back in. So something that, yep. that Urza may have done okay for once, like mm -hmm. it did have good more benefits than cons. I mean, he he didn't have to like destroy a plane. To, well, I mean, he kind of did because he did a whole bunch of damage to Dominaria doing that. <laughs> I mean, when I say nuclear winter, I'm not kidding. Like it was right. It was, so so yeah. you know. He only sort of mildly devastated one plane. Yeah, which, yeah, I mean, was, you know, for him, pretty mild. I was when I first learned that Urza wasn't a good guy. I got really sad. I know that was like finding uh, out. Like it was a dark day. I'm not gonna lie. When I actually found that out, I was like, really? This person cool. had sets named after. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's like it's kind of an interesting thing to to go back and like learn magic history and be like, wow. Oh, Urza was the bad guy. Yeah, well, he was yeah. kind of a horrible dude. Yeah, yeah. So you managed to right. in an in an episode about mental health, Alex, when we were trying to bring back social isolation and and kind of how we deal with that. You still managed to make sure that we talked about how bad Urza was. It's you know we don't do it often enough. <laughs> I'm glad that I could find this story hook to to bring that up. I think yeah. he needed it. I think Urza kind of needed to be put down a little bit. I mean, just a little bit. You know, yeah. And we're, we're big fans of putting Urza down whenever we can. You yeah. gotta do it. Yep. So, what I would like to talk about a little bit is just kind of this, well, last time that we left you all talking about social anxiety, uh, we basically left you with this go forth and live your life and engage and learn to overcome avoidance and... Uh, we talked a lot about how one of the biggest things for social anxiety is you need to kind of experience that anxiety while bad is not going to kill you. And you kind of learn how to adapt to it, to learn about emotions and the natural way that emotions have. 
and then face your world. It really is this idea that the biggest treatment for anxiety is to face your fear or to face the world and just kind of slowly over time, get more experience, mastery. And then between us recording and even putting out that episode, we basically went to most social things in this world are, or at least in, in and among around us are cut off and done. I mean, we're still looking at, you know, the fact that a GP that's in June this year or uh, get all oh, beginning of July this year in Minneapolis, it hasn't officially been canceled, but you know, it's this point I'm really kind of not thinking that it's going to happen. Yeah. And we had all this advice on what to do to kind of stop isolating. And yeah. now and, we're in a period of social isolation. Yeah, and, and we were also like kind of talking about conventions and, and uh, magic fests as events to go to and, and ways and tricks and things to try to go to those and, and kind of immerse yourself in that world. And like now they're all canceled. Right. And, right. Uh, and yeah. And, and not only all canceled, but like, we don't know what they're going to look like moving forward. Yeah. Even when they hopefully are going to be restarting, we may still be in a period of uncertainty where we don't know what's going on. And, and unfortunately mm -hmm. period of uncertainty, as we discussed on the anxiety episode, real bad for anxiety. Yeah. 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 Uncertainty and anxiety are just, they're not good friends. No. Um, yeah. So what we wanted to kind of do today was come back and talk about, you know, ways in the ways in which this has impacted us and our mental health and kind of ways that we've managed it. Um, talking about the, the things that have changed. And then also, uh, Alex, you as normal, which I love about <laughs> you bring to this is you really help kind of bring frameworks to things and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, a lot of, a taxonomical or at least like it, yeah. systems things that make me kind of organize my thinking better so you had another yeah. great idea so yeah kind of looking at we had a list and then to you know not put too fine a point on, on walking around it we want to talk about ways that we have dealt with social isolation um personally and and maybe ways that you can try to to do some things yourself um, and, and when I was kind of looking at kind of how I was dealing with the stress and my anxiety and the, the isolation, I kind of found three categories, um, of, of the things that I've been doing. And so there's like new ways to do old things. I've, um, a lot of these are trying to fill in the routines before and just finding new ways around the, the inability to, to gather in groups in real life. Um, this, the second category is new things to fill in for missing things. And, and these are, for me, these are, are, are a few things that are dealing directly with the, the fact that I'm not seeing folk anymore and just finding different ways to connect with people. Um, and then there's the, the third category are kind of things that I'd already used for some mental health things and, and stuff, but now I'm using them more or in different ways. Uh, is yeah. there... Do we want to start with one of these categories and kind of go through that or what is a, yeah, I mean, I think that would be the best. Cause kind of a, you know, let's, yeah, let's take like, which one would you, I, I want to start with kind of the, um, taking things that have worked in the past and how they've been old and being able to adapt them or adjust them. Because I think that that's been the biggest one for me. Um, what's funny is I have actually started playing more magic 
with people, <laughs> not just um, not just on like MTGO with strangers. I've been playing more Magic with friends than I had probably played in the entire last year, and I have done this through playing webcam Magic. So. Uh, I had already been working at kind of setting this up because people like Chase and some others of the of the EDH community had already started streaming. Prior to this even going, they were already getting set up with their streams. Well, this, I was like, I want to kind of do this. I'd started getting the supplies and stuff that were needed for that. And I'm thankful that I did because it's been amazing. I'm also thankful that I was already lucky in some ways to be doing this because one of the first things to go in terms of supplies when all of this happened was everybody started working from home, all the webcams, microphones, mm -hmm. everything started coming off the market and being just completely uh, unaffordable and uh, to a point where it, it is kind of a barrier now. But mm -hmm. uh, I started streaming. I've been able to take more time for that element. And it's because I've been able to do that, uh, be able to play magic kind of through a new modality. Um, so I mentioned my stream and what I've been streaming is basically uh, I started trying to find a, a theme for it to get me kind of going and keep me interested, kind of keep things going. Um, and, and that was parents who play Magic the Gathering is kind of the theme that I've gone for. I'm doing it other games, too, just for fun. But it was really kind of this part of my creative juices or creative creativeness, creativity actually came more alive during this period because I had more time. Shockingly. Yeah. I mean, because I'm working from home. If I actually, and I can't go and do things on weekends or we can't go do our normal things, I had to find another outlet. So this old thing that was important to me, magic, I had to find new ways to be able to do it. And that was my main interaction to try to socially connect with others. So it comes to me kind of doing old things um, in, in new ways. It's, it's very weird because I'm not really doing that. Um, I mean, I am, but I'm not. Um, I've been doing a lot of magic, but I've been doing. I do magic a lot anyway. It's 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 a good part of my life. It's I consider it to be a second job for me, you know. Um, so when it comes to performing old things in new ways, part of it is the way I have been streaming. Um, I used to be very harsh on myself and I, I still am, you know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no saint when it comes to this, but I'd be very hard on myself for not performing well enough or, you know, doing enough or streaming enough or doing enough hours. Um, and it was a constant kind of like that. Um, so when the quarantine first started, I felt this very crushing wave of, I'm going to be drowned out because there is a flood of new content arising. And I was very nervous as to how I'm going to continue to perform well, um, which is something that has always concerned me. Um, so I kind of felt a uh, weird, um, I, I don't know if you'd call it a dialectic. <laughs> I know we've talked a lot about dialectics, but it was kind of a pull between I am either going to do horribly or I'm going to just do. And it kind of gave me the push I needed to start doing my um, paper stream, which is something that I would do on Thursdays, not as a stream, but go to my card shop and play paper magic every Thursday. 
Um, when I would get off of my internship at exactly three o'clock, I would go and I would leave and play paper magic. And that was my me time. That was my magic for me. And so I've been doing that in a different way. I've been doing it through streaming, which has partially made it an act of self-care and partially not. Um, it still is a little bit of an avenue of stress for me, but I still find it to be really wonderful because I've been able to make connections with other creators that I don't, I, I normally wouldn't have, or I normally would have been too nervous to interact with that. I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm not really good enough, you know, to do a collaboration with this person or interact with this person or play with this person. So in a way it has kind of helped me realize, you know, that um, there's no such thing as like, I, I this is going to be a line taken directly out of like Bob's Burgers, but there's no such thing as leagues. Mm, there's no okay. such thing as leagues. Um, yeah, that okay. was an episode where uh, Tina wanted to wanted to like date, um, wanted to like get with her her friend in order to help him get a girlfriend, but she also wanted to date Jimmy Junior. Um, but then uh, Daryl, his name was Daryl. He thought that the girl he wanted was out of his league, and eventually, at the end of the episode, he started dating her. And, you know, there's like no leagues. Um, and then Zeke tried to go out with like a 25 year old married woman at a bowling alley because he was like, there's no leagues. But um, <laughs> there's no well, I mean, leagues. I, and I kind I of figured that out a bit. I know one thing, Chase, that you've talked about kind of how this ties into, um, you know, part of this being the social iso- isolation of what we're losing is part of your routine had been to go to your local game store somewhere that you know the people you feel comfortable playing um it was your me time your magic time and not only you know like that's now been taken away from you like that's just gone i mean and you've mentioned this before online i've seen you talking about your whole social work you had basically a ton of upheaval by this Mm -hmm. happening not just in your magic life but in your professional life as well Mm mm-hmm And so you had to take something that was part of your routine and part of one of your, like I said, one of your ways to be social and to be engaged with people. One of your, your self care was literally taken away that you could not do it. And I mean, that's exactly how it is. And it's, it's a very weird feeling because, um, when that my, my schedule was so full it was very, 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 very busy. Um, that was kind of like my one day a week that I could just like dedicate to me. And like, yes, I had time to stream and stuff during it, but I chose to make that my day. Um, and so seeing that kind of disappear has been very hard for me because um, I would love nothing more than to, you know, like go to my card shop and just kind of drop like the expectation off my shoulders um, and just really relax with people that i know know me it's fine i can be stupid and not have to worry about perceptions of me um yeah there's so no, that's it, one like, thing that i no do thoroughly miss no, heavily yeah but you've but you've said you've you've kind of have taken to do you you got your stream your paper stream up and running you've got mm-hmm. it kind of working um one thing I want to highlight before we kind of move on, because a lot of this is just, you know, we have the categories, Alex, that you 
came up with. And so I'm now going to just completely just go off script and completely destroy them and ignore it them for a while. It wouldn't be the show unless you did that. <laughs> right. But but um, I want to highlight that one of the things that kind of happened that I've seen is kind of more of an outsider or somebody looking at kind of the content creation is everybody had more time to create content. Mm-hmm. And it also felt like there was a need to be creating content or else you were going to get left behind, um, which I, I do worry about from a perspective of how our community comes out of this quarantine and social isolation is um, this is going to be difficult on a lot of people who maybe feel the need to perform or feel the need to kind of uh, they don't want to fall behind or that they, they, they have to be putting something out or they're not going to be good enough. Um, because I know that I had that a little bit that I was kind of like, well, I have to be doing this, this, and this. And if I get this opportunity and I have to say yes to it, because um, there's so many creators out there and they're now all vying for this glut of free time. Mm-hmm. And I and think that that's the one thing to be for me to be thinking about in terms of moving forward. What does content creation look like? And, no, I, I would completely agree with that, that that was something that made me very nervous was because I went, oh, God, you know, there's going to be so much out there. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a very good thing. But there's also the part of me, you know, that stresses and worries and wants to do well. I, I like to do well. I'm a person who likes to I'm a when I say I'm a perfectionist, I mean that in every every sense of the word. I do not like to be perceived as not doing well. And that's one of my things that I have to work on on myself is, you know, the concept that, um, you know, it's okay to not be perfect all the time. And um, that's what made it very difficult. But it's also very good, too, because I see people expanding and trying new things. And I see a lot of new creators trying very hard. And I think it's wonderful. But I also think that it's very stressful. Um, too. Um, I know that I am feeling that stress immensely right now. Um, and I love content creation. It makes me so very happy. But I also have to say that, you know, because I want to do well, because I have that perfectionistic um, lens um, that I constantly look through, it it sometimes makes it difficult. And so I am working personally to kind of find the balance that I had before the quarantine. Because dedicating that one day a week for me was that, um, you know, balance. Like, to okay, I, I stream these days, but this day is mine. Yeah, um, the day to yourself have, is now, yeah. what does that day become? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I have picked up an extra day of streaming. I've picked up article writing. Um, I've changed one day to paper streaming, which is fun and fantastic. And again, it's great, but it's also... It's weird because um, part of the part of the reason why you know I, I love the game is because it, it's given me this opportunity to kind of interact with new people and make content, which is what I love. But I also had that day where I could walk into a card shop, find a stranger, and literally know I have that instant. We like the same thing. I have this common ground. I can talk with you. Um, and so that's, that's very different than approaching, um, another creator and going, Hey, do you want to like play on stream? You know, it's yeah. fun and mm-hmm. it's wonderful to approach that person, but there's also a level of me being like, Oh God, I'm a little bit nervous. What if I mess up? What if they don't like me? What if I say something weird? 
but literally at a card shop, I just sit down, walk down, and go, "Hey, you play Commander? Cool, let's play." Yeah, yeah. and it and, it, yeah. and it, it's it's this it's this level of of comfort that I think the card shop provides that I I feel the internet lacks. Not to say anything bad about the internet, but or or even the people on it because I've had some fantastic games, made some wonderful connections. I I've been able to play games with people I never thought I would have and enjoy it and have fun and be silly and stupid and it's fantastic. But there's always that that air of um well, I'm a little unsure here of yeah. Um, yeah. messing up. And that's one of the difficulties with even the ways to kind of try to fill in some of that stuff. They're going to be different. And so there's still going to be things that are missing or things that are different and make it its own challenges and, and, and difficulties. And um, so for me, one of the big things that I've been doing is I play a lot of, of, like Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of tabletop, and um, when this is going on, my group groups can't meet. So, like, fortunately, I had one group that was already playing online because we're from all over the place, um, well, at least all over the Midwest. Um, and then, so the 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 other group, um, my my weekly group, my Tuesday group, we decided to start playing online. And the the tools that we found on on Roll Twenty, we use Discord for chat, and then Roll Twenty is kind of the, the tabletop piece. It works well. I mean, it works, but the all we're doing is playing, and like part of the experience of that that group was Tuesday night. We go over to there's a couple in the in the group. We go to their house, and over the last couple of years, we've just decided rather than ordering out every night for dinner, it's cheaper and and the people that who live there make dinner and like they love to cook and and then it's when they decide they don't want to they'll send a message out and we'll do pick you know pick something up or, or carry out there but so like there's this whole experience as part of playing pathfinder for me on tuesdays was go to eric and rachel's have dinner hang out with everybody then we play for a few hours and go home and now all we have is that playing experience and the playing experience is pretty close but we lose out. I lose out on all the rest of the the experience of of kind of having that meal and sitting in the same space and kind of hanging out without a lot of of demands on the time. While we sort of prepare the game and then we we do the game, and so I'm missing that piece. And and I have similar things with some other friends, and that none of that. I got a friend I, I meet every month for dinner. Her and I are trying to figure out what to do because we can't restaurant. We can't even go to a restaurant. Like that's and social distancing means that we've got to find ways if we want to try to meet up that we can have some space. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's the part of this category is a lot of this is kind of um, it. It is approximations. Um, there still is elements to it that is it's better than it's better than if we were completely isolated actually earlier kind of chase was talking about the internet and the good things about it well this is one of them is that i do at least feel that i'm able to still sit down and talk to people and connect in 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 a certain way and i do have that it's not the physical contact it's not seeing people it's not you know being able to give a friend a hug or sit down in a restaurant it is better than what the kind of the alternative is, but this kind of category that you've mentioned here is old things in new ways is, is there is a limit to it. It's fun. It's, it's actually, 
it's very nice for some of my friends that don't live close because it's almost forced me to reach out. Um, and it still is different. It still is kind of a, a, a there's something lacking in it. Mm-hmm. Do uh, you two have anything else in this category? Like no. Uh, okay. No. Okay. So one thing, and, and we've kind of just decided to do this today. So there's a group of my friends, actually the group that I play D&D online with, who are all over the Midwest. Um, I met them at a local convention called 4th Street. And so every year they come to 4th Street, we hang out, go to the convention, um, eat at restaurants around in, in the area. And well, that convention was canceled this week or last week. Like we knew it was coming. It's in the middle of June. Like at this point, it's it was obvious it was going to happen. But so that was kind of hard last week. Um, but one of the things that the they're talking about doing the convention is um, doing some podcasts and getting a lot of the people who would have been the panelists and and releasing podcasts. And so my group literally today we in our Slack channel, um, someone found that like an initial early rough sketch of of what some of the panels or what some of the podcast topics are going to be. And then we started talking about it. I think we're going to, we'll figure out the the mechanics of this exactly, but I think this group is going to find some way to meet up online and listen to these podcasts together to replicate the experience of going to the convention. Oh, wow. And And then I mentioned too, like there's, there's an Indian place across the street from my apartment and I'm like, you know, I should get some Indian takeout because the one time a year I get Indian is, is over by the hotel. When we do this, I go with this group, we go to this Indian place. I'm like, yeah, and they're all part of that routine. It's part of that routine. And so I think they're all on board with that. So we're going to get some, at some point we'll, you know, we'll figure out what the schedule is for this, when these things are going to come out and some way to kind of all be together and, and listen to these, but we're going to like, listen to the podcasts and talk, you know, to each other, like we were at the con and get some Indian and try to, build a socially isolated version of the convention that I've been going to for like seven years and have met these great friends at and I'm going to miss this year. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that kind of coming to grips with the stuff that I'm going to be missing out on and how I'm going to replace that has been kind of probably the most difficult for me when I'm looking at this from kind of that social isolation piece. Um, you know, this is kind of looking in the the things that we can't replace, I guess, um, mm-hmm. which is we have FaceTime. And so this is kind of something that we have always done. This is kind of, I think, doing more of things that we already did. But yeah. with my family in California, we had a whole trip planned to go to the mountains and take Gwen up there and out to see my parents and her great grandmother, who's, you know, getting on in years. And my parents only get to see Gwen every couple of months. And having to come to grips with the fact that that's probably not happening um, yeah. is partly probably one of those things that's kind of hitting me the hardest when, you know, that I already get limited time with my family. Yep. Um, I had actually been invited to, this is funny, but a high school group of friends that used to play magic. Um, it, I got invited to a, the, like, Almost like a, well, it's a friend's bachelor party, but it's like a, almost a high school reunion for the group of like guys that I hung out with is, is most likely not happening. Um, mm-hmm. And I think each time one of those events happen, I do have to rely a little bit more on my coping strategies because of that, because yeah. it just feels like, you know, the uncertainty and the unknown. Yep. Yeah. And that was like, just the way things work out this morning, I I've have piles of things that I need to put away. And I found one of them was a schedule from one of the past 
Fourth Streets. And like, this is the first convention that I went to. This is the convention that uh, taught me how to go to convention. Like, like that's a thing that I'd always wanted to do, but because of my social anxiety, I just never did. And so this was the first time that I went to a convention and I just felt at home. And this will be the first that I miss since that time. And so it's, it's was really good for me today to have this sort of replacement come up among my friends and this, the plans that we're starting to make to try to, to, to fill in that gap for all of us. So Alex, what was the next category? Um, new things to fill in for missing things. I'm not great at naming categories. I just, <laughs> I think conceptually <laughs> grouping, I, I have, yeah. I have some strengths, but actually Maybe. coming up with names, I'm not so, not so strong. Well, this, this new one that I can think of, uh, I don't even know if I have anything for this, but I feel like the two of you have, <laughs> and I literally had to spend the first 20 minutes that we sat together today listening about this. You, you want to take this one to, to start with, Chase? Yeah, I can take it. Um, Animal Crossing has been, and I, I really wish that I was, it was exaggerating here, but I'm not an actual godsend. Um, I cannot express enough how happy I am that it came out right as right as um you know the ish hit the fan um so to speak because this the this game is 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 just it's so so calming and relaxing and it helps and it's just great um i've noticed i've i've i just i'm actually playing right now i promise you i'm paying attention but i just let go of a butterfly that i really wanted to keep and i'm actually not happy <laughs> but like <laughs> i'm really going it was a big no. one Jeez, <laughs> no i really needed it i know <laughs> nothing about this game other than i basically i know about this game through the two of you mainly yeah which yeah, just and makes I mean, it this fun world to kind of see from like through your lenses it's feel- wonderful bad that we haven't convinced you to buy the game yet. Hobbs um, did message me asking me how much it was, so that <laughs> might be a sign that he might be purchasing it because he was like, how much is the game? And then I said $60 and he was like, $60? And I was like, yep. <laughs> I think what I yeah. said was, that's one magic card. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a cabal coffers right there. Yeah. No, it's, I, I love it. I, I, I've been playing it every day. Not a lot. Some days it's not a lot. Some days it's literally 10, 15 minutes. I get on for a little bit and then, and then I leave, but it's, it's a wonderful way to kind of, I mean, it's a life sim. And so you, you have some, it's fun to have kind of the control and just to be able to play around in a space that doesn't have a lot of pressure to it. Um, I know like I've tried playing the Sims and I know some people who love the game and I know there's a lot to it. But it feels like when I've tried playing it, you've got to build your house and there's all these things and all these pieces and Animal Crossing. Yeah, sure, that stuff exists, but you don't need to mess with it. It doesn't matter. Just do whatever makes you happy. If I if I may kind of, of piggyback off of that, I think I, I've, I've, I've actually sat down and done like some some adult thinking about this game. Mm-hmm. Um Specifically because I think I know why people are really enjoying it and so drawn to it. It is a game where, you know, you move to, in this, you know, in previous games, you moved to um, just just a, a town. Um, then you moved into, um, you know, like, or an island. Like, you, you move to a town, you become the mayor or something. In this game, you move to an island. And you kind of become, like, the head honcho, so to speak. Um, but I think the reason why this game particular in particular 
It was so soothing is because you move to this place, you have these little animal neighbors who are off the bat just very nice to you. They they really want to get to know you. They think you're cool. They think you're like the best off the bat. But I think the the thing that makes this game so special is because you have a house mm-hmm. and you get a loan. You can pay that anytime you want, interest free, yeah. whenever. You yep. can upgrade your house as you please. You can add more if you want. Um there's no obligation to. You're not gonna get, you know, like hunted down for it. Mm-hmm. Um you don't have a job. You can just sell stuff. Yeah, you um, just go pick oranges and, and collect butterflies. Yeah, you you can fish all day. You can decorate your island. In this game, you're, you're literally given like the ability to terraform. So you can really personalize it. But there's no pressure in this game. There's no pressure to perform. There's no pressure to, if I don't do this, I'm going to get this taken away from me. There is no, um, there's no downside to not doing something in this game. Yeah, and, and they don't, there isn't a lot of, of things locked. And there, there's a few things timed that you have to kind of do this to get to that, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of games that have like systems where you have to do system A to unlock system B to unlock system C, and this game doesn't have that. You you do the things that you, you like doing, and the game's like, okay, that's cool. Here's some more for that. And, and that's, that's it. There's no pressure. Watching from an outside perspective, too, like realizing that, you know, I know that these uh, these are games that I have never played. So um, I kind of know the characters only when they've made appearances in like Smash Brothers. Um, But what I've seen based on kind of everybody's tweets about it and seeing this is that this is a game that also hit at the right time in terms of where we are technology wise, because you can invite friends to come hang out on your island. have a social gathering because we have internet connections that we are able to get together. You can, you know, you people have had their weddings basically on their island, right? Like this yep. is things that are people have taken to that, that way that we've talked about with things you, you you would do in the real world, trying to bring them onto an online world and still be able to share with friends and to share with other people. I so had I, a I had a first date on Animal Crossing. Wow. Yeah. He was like, hey, do you want to go? You want to play Animal Crossing? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he visited my island and we just like, yeah. I mean, like that, that's what it was. It was very nice. It's, it's, it was providing like, cause we were planning to literally go out right as everything hit. Um, and then the stay at home order just kept on extending and extending and extending and extending. And we were like, let's just, um, you want to come over to my island? And yeah. yeah. Um, and so wow. every now and then we'll get on, we'll play Animal Crossing. And that's just kind of been a way to like get to know each other. I mean, it's very yeah. weird. It's very weird because yeah. um, steps have been skipped um, because <laughs> I have not really had an in-person date with this person, but we yeah. already know a lot about each other. I've called this person when I've had a very hard time. Um, you know, they'll send me a gift in the game. It's been wonderful, but it's just, it's very weird that that is, um, become a good way to kind of supplement that so mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it's 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 been an avenue for me to kind of do that and also still like hang out with friends or like have people come over and like water my flowers or help make fun of the character who i really want to leave like stuff like that so yeah <laughs> i think this fits in that new category because in part ways i mean this is a level of a game that um you know, people have had, I think, the how much time they could devote to it, and it did come out literally right 
towards the beginning of all of this. Oh, and, oh. You know, right. Do you want to do you want to hear something about a uh, good old Chase over here? I have played Animal Crossing. Hold on. Uh, for over 150 hours. <laughs> I literally have the time log right here. Um, so, at, but I was over 75 the last I looked. I'm, I'm probably over 100 hours at this point. Oh my god! Yeah, I've played a lot. Yeah. So I want to share this. If if we can put this in the the show notes, there's a Twitter thread from uh, I'm gonna mispronounce this guy's last name, Rob Hyret. Hyret. If I say it four or five times, I'll get it wrong a bunch, but I might <laughs> get it right once. Um, he works for Nintendo. He wrote well. He here he's talking about one of the infamous jokes in the game because there's some jokes that are just. Not great, um, but they're puns, and that's why I've been trying to get Hobbs to to play the game because he appreciates a good pun. But anyway, so he was talking about that, but he's talking about some other things too. And I want to read the two tweets in particular. He's talking about the game, and he said, um, "We've never had a time like this where safety and responsibility to one another keep us physically distant, and digital tools have taken the place of face to face contact. But Zoom and Twitter and other platforms are, by design, rather plain. Animal Crossing is different." Uh, the Animal Crossing aesthetic is cute. I've seen people observing that even the tarantulas are cute. Even the chairs are cute. But it's more than cuteness. It's comfort. It's positivity. It's a retreat. And he goes on to talk about some other stuff with with some of the jokes and, and the work that they put in to try to make the jokes, like, not just good, but maybe more positive and, and more long-lasting because he knew players would see some of them over and over again. But I think that's a really good observation about why Animal Crossing has taken off like it has. Because, you know, there are other tools that let us meet each other digitally, but most of them don't have an aesthetic. They are functional and, and or the aesthetic is really stripped down, your, your Zoom, your, your FaceTime, even, even Discord. But Animal Crossing has this comfort, its positivity, this, this cuteness to it that gives people more in in it makes it last longer and it has a bigger appeal and it, it just feels better to spend time there hanging out than you know in discord channels and it there's a lot i mean like that is honestly a really great way to describe it it's just a game where you are in charge of the environment there's no pressure and you can still interact with one another um I have a, a little channel dedicated to it in my Discord server and all of us just have like the shared um like love for the game and so all of us just feel very comfortable talking with one another. We make jokes, we send each other memes, we interact in it, you know, and it, it's just it's very fun, it's very relaxing. And this this game has been what I, I still I'm gonna reiterate, it has been a godsend for me. Um there have been moments where I've been super, super, super sad and I've just picked up the game. Or been super stressed and I just picked up the game and I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll pretend I have a degree in architecture and just go from there. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just, it could not have come at a better time. And it is something that I truly do dedicate the positive mental health moments I have, I dedicate to this game. It sounds like, um, so we talk about things like escapism and kind of escaping and kind of, there are positive aspects to that so last time the the big focus on our episode was on avoidance um and we kind of talked about that there's a difference between avoidance and kind of atten intentionally 
choosing to not engage or intentionally choosing to kind of take a break from something to step away to that there's a really big difference between avoiding for the sake of avoiding and it starts narrowing your world and mm -hmm. making a, a an intentional decision to step away from all the shit that's going on in your life or in the world right now and to just enjoy and to mm -hmm. just it, there, there's a mindful element to it at the top of us recording chase was talking about that she built a jedi meditation temple on her island i'm very um, proud of that by the way right and awesome. it looks bananas good <laughs> but i mean that idea that there is this like that you can create that world or that place that you can go to and be mindful about it it's not avoidance it's not that you're trying to stay away from your life and not engage with your life it's that there is a lot going on right now and we do not know what it means it is uncertain mm -hmm. And you are choosing to take some time to engage with a different world, kind of escape what is going on right now in a way that is very peaceful and mindful and trying to kind of recenter. It's, it's relaxing. I mean, like, I really wish I could provide some, some better phrasing or terminology about it, but it's just, it's, I really can't describe it. It's just one of those games where it just, you open it up. And you feel good. I mean, mm -hmm. and and that's I think that's very important. There have been some moments in my life. This is where I'm gonna get all um all emotional, but there have been moments in my life where before I even had magic, that um my only comfort was video games or you know, like the let's players who played them. You know, there was a point where the only thing that would make me smile, and I mean the only thing where I was like really struggling, um to the point where it was it was not a good time um but the only thing that really made me smile was um I like watching game grumps um or listening to ninja sex party or star bomb like things like that that i really do attribute my existence right now to the that content that was out there um so having animal crossing to lean on having people stream it on Twitch, watching some of my favorite Let's Players play it on their on their YouTube channel has really um, helped me a lot in, in a time like this. So, so kind of my... Alex, yeah. Um, say, the other, one of the, the other things I have kind of here, um, if you guys don't mind us stepping away from, from that one, how dare you? No, I'm just kidding. I know. I, wow. I, I really feel, felt like, oh, wow, it's good. This, this yeah. improves my editing because I thought we were going to have to cut, cut down an hour worth of Animal Crossing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm we sorry. Can back, we can come back to Animal Crossing. We can <laughs> we just can circle back to every category. Um, I mean, we've already done it tonight. I'm so, so One of the things, and this was not something that I prompted, but my mom actually reached out to me. Um, I know I've shared this with you, Hobbs. Um, I still think it's funny and I have no idea how this happened. But so she reached out to me a few weeks ago um, and somewhere in some place on the internet, she found a list of view order for the Marvel cinematic universe. And she, I've watched a couple of the movies with her because I'll, I'll, when I go up and see my parents, I'll bring some movies and, but a lot of those, I don't know how to do that right now. A few I've seen that. It's cool. Yeah. It, it, but it's, it's mo most of them are on Disney plus and she has Disney plus because of, the grandkids, my, my sister's uh, kids. And so she's looking for things to do and um, found this list and said, and in pure my mom fashion, she didn't like send me a link to where she found it. She hand wrote the list on a piece of paper Aww. and then sent me a picture of that piece of paper. 
But so she asked if I wanted to watch them with her. And so what we've done is we're watching like four or five movies a week. And then I call her every Sunday and we talk through the movies. And it gives me a chance to every week check in with my parents. Cause I'll talk to my mom. And then when we're done, then, you know, she'll hand the phone to my dad and I'll talk to him for a little bit. Um, but it also is giving a, her and I something to share that, you know, she's never really gone through most of these movies and the few that she has now she's seen the connections to all the other ones. And so it's, it's really fun to kind of go through that with her and, help clarify things when she has questions because she doesn't quite get who this person is or this blue person looks a lot like that blue person. Hmm. And so that's, um, that's been a lot of fun and I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Um, one thing I think that's very interesting about that. I like that a lot. Um, actually I believe Emma, Emma Handy is doing that right now, which I think is like super cool. Um, I need to do that. I need to get on that. I also, I, I mean, like, I know that there's like an order for um, the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. but one thing I've wanted to do, because I really like Star Wars, like really like Star Wars, is to like one day sit down and like t- dedicate like, I want to say a couple of days, I mean a couple of days just um, watching the movies and then watching the, the TV show you know, in the mm-hmm. correct order and then continuing the movies and then watching the extended TV shows afterwards. Yeah. Cause I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> I mean, it'd be really time consuming. Don't get me wrong, but I think that'd be very oh, yeah. fun to do. Yeah. And I've, I've but seen I mean, a few better that time to do it. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. So the last category, Alex, I think that you mentioned was more of things that you've done in the past or, yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, things that, you know, aren't necessarily new. Um, um, I would say coping mechanisms, but that's not exactly what we're looking for. New, you know, things that are have I've used for, you know, mental health that aren't new, but maybe I've decided to to do more with them or, or, or things. And let me kind of give you an example. So, like, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, um, but because by and large that costs money and i only get so many i i kind of limit when i listen to them usually like walking to and from work maybe you know in the afternoon depending on what i'm doing at work but now like i've just kind of gone a little hog wild with it and i'll just sit at home and listen to books and like in my head that feels like i'm wasting my time because instead i could be watching this movie or doing some game that's real story heavy but you know instead i'll have the book on while i'm playing something that kind of is mindless and so this is something like it's not new to me. Audiobooks aren't new, but I'm I'm changing the context, giving myself permission to kind of do more with it or do something different. I think in this kind of t- context, uh, running and cooking are the ones that are have been the biggest for me. So um, I'm trying to kind of, you know, I, I'm looking into the how do I do a sourdough starter and learn how to kind of get that going so I can make my own bread. And like, I always really like to cook anyways, but it's just, well, what can I do with this? Um, you know, we, you know, what, what can we make that we can be kind of doing things together in a family? The other thing that I was going to say that we really did was we are resigning our fat selves to the fact that we're going to be spending a lot more time uh, not being able to do a lot necessarily this summer or go places. So we've really focused on, well, how can we improve our backyard? So we're doing more things um, back there in our garden and talking about plans for that than what we would normally do at this time of year, even though we normally set up a garden and do stuff. We're looking at ways to 
increase that and make it a better place and a nicer place to hang out because we're just spending more time out there. And it's kind of like this. We want it to be a place that we're excited to spend time to not where we're going to be feeling like we have to be stuck here where we don't have options because it can definitely feel kind of limiting like that. Like I don't have as many options these days. Yeah. I think um, some other for me, small things like like I've I've talked about on the cast before about um, candles. Like I like getting some jar candles and things. And so I found that I just, and this is definitely a privilege thing. I still am working. And in fact, I'm, I'm still going to, I, I go to work every other day. Um, there's like 1% of our company still go, works in the building. Everyone else is working from home. Um, so I still have my income and we're cooking at home more. So that is a nice reduction in, in eating out expense. So I have a little extra money there and, and, and my work is a wonderful place. And, and they're actually giving us a, a little bit of, of extra money. The people who go into the uh, work, who go into the building. So I'm in a position where I have a little bit extra right now. And so that some of that is I'm definitely saving. I'm doing some of those more responsible things, but it also lets me feel, do things that feel <laughs> a little wasteful. Yeah, going to enjoy really some of it too. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go buy like an $8 candle at Target or buy like right. four because then I have them stocked up for a while. So, I mean, yep. it's not wild in, in anything, but it's in the past, I would think, you know, I, you know, I don't want to burn my candles all the time, kind of just space it out and things. But it's like, no, you know right. what? I can... I can just do this more than normal. And, mm-hmm. and so that's the thing that I've, I've been doing. Uh, it's giving lot. yourself permission in some ways. Cause I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate too, that I'm still working. So that can feel a little uncomfortable at times. Um, I don't know about for you, for me. I, so one of the areas that I've struggled with is kind of guilt um, because I, I feel that I am fortunate and I also have a lot of anxiety that's, different than people I actually had somebody reach out to me recently that said that they were you know they were glad that i was willing to talk about the fact that i you know that yes i have the privilege i have a job i'm not worried about that but i have anxieties and that you know i work in healthcare, and even if i'm not going in a ton i have to go in every so often well my wife on the other hand is in almost every single day Mm -hmm. in like a high-risk situation so my anxiety is like um Oh, actually, now that you mentioned kind of the doing things, I bought myself a weighted blanket because my insomnia had increased and that was something I had been wanting to try for a while. And my my anxiety that came about is because of worrying about my family and worrying about the unknown. And those things are kind of, you know, I, I almost didn't feel like I had permission to discuss them at times um, because it didn't seem necessarily as pressing to me or that's part of my my sensibility of just guilt. Um, you know, oh well, I'm I I have it good overall. I'm and and realizing that you know that's I think that's something that all of mental health that w- when we're talking about kind of this mental health awareness and being aware of is that just because people have it worse than you doesn't mean that you don't have a right to feel what you feel. Um, mm-hmm. And it's great to be aware of where you're coming from. And yes, you're not yes. sitting here bragging about things or but but that you know you do also have every, all of us have stuff that we can do. And I think that feeling that you might not have it worse than other people has led to a lot of people not seeking the help that they might need or to talk about what problems they are having. Mm-hmm. So this has been a, a time that for me has been like that in that way. So that's why it's kind of, you know, like, I'm glad that you're spending some time, you know, that you, if you can to do something that is self care for you. Yeah. 
for me, um, it's very weird because I, I, I'm still working at my part time. I do not consider myself to be essential, um, like an essential worker, which I find to be very weird <laughs> as to yeah, why. Yeah. But yep. um, you know, we can we, we can have that kind of discussion later. Um, but <laughs> you don't, I, you don't. I, I mean, I remember you talking about early on, like people basically, like you guys were already at a reduced capacity, and people basically were like mad because they couldn't force their way into your like. Your lobby to my to store, yeah, yeah, I I found it, that to be very weird. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm actually incredibly thankful that I still have my job. Um, so I'm not <laughs> yeah. knocking that at all. It's also, you know, we're we're seeing this apparently how people react when they can't get their, yeah, they can't get their coffee or they can't get their haircut. We're seeing how people kind of act in that way because I I it's very weird because I don't consider myself an essential worker at all. So it's it's kind of frustrating to me. Um, and I'm I'm actually actually incredibly grateful the fact that I still am able to work at my part time job and I'm still able to, um, you know, provide for myself and that I've actually been able to live a little bit better because I don't drive to school every single day. Um, well, before I graduated, I I, I would be able to drive. To, I didn't drive to school every day, so I saved money in gas. So I had more money, and then that pay increase was really great. And so for me, my my um my thing is I would used to just like buying things makes me feel better. I'm that person. Um, it may not necessarily be the best coping mechanism, but it is mine. Um, and so the other day I just kind of sat down and I was like, I really want to buy this playmat. It will make me happy. So I sat down and bought it and I, for, it, it felt very nice cause it didn't feel guilty about it. Um, and normally mm -hmm. I feel guilty about buying stuff all the time. Uh, things that, you know, like aren't food or gas related. Um, right. and I felt very happy about it. Um, it came in, it's beautiful. It was signed. Um, so that for me was like my little thing is like learning, you know, like it's okay to kind of like treat yourself. I mean, like it's always okay to treat yourself, but especially in this kind of situation, allowing yourself things that you feel like you couldn't allow yourself earlier. Um, mm -hmm. like allowing yourself like that moment to be like, it's okay to not be okay. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. especially now. And I kind of want to say this just because I feel, you know, a lot of times for creators, um, and I know a couple of people have said this like in passing, but I really want to make a point of like being blatant here that, um, content creation is so much fun. It is amazing. Um, it is a great avenue to meet new people and really express your love and joy of the game. However, I will say this, that with the quarantine, I feel that there is a pressure to perform and I know we talked about that briefly earlier, that there's a, a pressure to create because there's so much free time. Um, and I know that that can add, create added stress onto creators. Um, and I, I know that some friends of mine who are creators have mentioned this, that they are feeling the pressure to create, the pressure to perform, you know, the pressure to keep on doing it. And so some, are, some, some of them have, been, have become burnt out. Um, we're having really bad days and I've had some really bad days too. And so allowing yourself to not feel guilty about that, I think is a challenge that I am facing. And I think is something I kind of want to state so that maybe I can follow it myself. Um, because content creation is wonderful and it makes me so happy. And for me, it was my, it was my way to express myself, mm -hmm. but I also want people to understand that, you should not push yourself past your limits and turn it into something that will hurt, will harm yourself. Um, and that's kind of where I want to like tie it in and like old things 
you know, I don't know the name of the topic anymore. Like the old things that you're doing now <laughs> that you're still doing. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, like, but like allowing yourself to, to feel frustrated or anxious. Um, and that doesn't make you any lesser of a creator or a bad creator. Um, that because we're in a time where we have so much free time, some, some more than others, um, that there, you should allow yourself self-care now more than ever, in my honest opinion. Um, and I, and I also want to say this to, to people who are not creators, um, the pressure to be productive because yeah. you are in your house mm-hmm. oh, yeah. is incredibly high. Yep. Yeah. There's no excuses now. I got to clean this room. I got to do this. I got to like sign up for this. I can finally do this. I can get my workout plan in place. The pressure <laughs> that you're putting on yourself mm-hmm. is so immense. And I'm yeah. feeling that coming at all angles, creation wise, I'm feeling that pers- per like in, in my in my personal life as well. Like I gotta do this, I gotta do this, there's no excuses. Um, you are not obligated to be productive, nor are you obligated to be productive every single day. Yeah. This is yeah. unheard of what we're experiencing. We're in a we are I know that we make jokes about it to compartmentalize and to mm-hmm. help ourselves cope with it. You know, joking is a coping mechanism. Yep. But I also really want to emphasize, and this is also partially a little message to myself, you don't have to be <laughs> on top of your game every single day. You don't have to put out this new fantastic, you know, uh, article or do this really awesome long stream or clean your entire house and organize your cards alphabetically and by set and, and by language i feel like we are putting pressure on ourselves to perform so can we clip this and play it back for you like can i just no clip this part and then like, <laughs> i like never I, to herself i yeah. never follow the advice that i give i'm very very horrible <laughs> um I, I i give very good advice but I, I i seldom follow it um so i would joke that this is why i'm a really bad therapy patient I'm a you know, <laughs> honestly it's saying like, I, I know what I I should be doing, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, because <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what it is. You uh, literally read a you literally read a research paper about it earlier, and you're like, you know what? This seems pretty cool. Yeah. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell this client this. Um, and then yeah, you're, yeah. Uh, then you're like, I should tell myself this, and you're like, shut up. <laughs> I gotta help them yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember what's really funny is that at one point, um, I was teaching a social skills group, and one of the skills is like how to ask somebody out on a date, and it was when I was doing online dating, and I was like, oh right. <laughs> Part of this is that you set a concrete date and time to actually do an activity. I should probably start doing that. Maybe. And then you're like, nah, it's fine. Nah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Like, it's good. I'm fine. I like it when I'm vague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I I know that that kind of kind of ties in with this with this th- this topic and not. So I'm very sorry yeah. about that. No, 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 Alex, no. you did a wonderful job setting the, these things. Um, but I think that that's kind of. In my opinion, that's the the takeaway I want to give people for myself um, is that, you know, um, just because it was healthy for you to do it beforehand may not necessarily mean that you have to do it every single day because that could retract from it. Um, you know, running every day might be super great for some people. It might not be for you. Um Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a topic that I hear like 
you know, I reference Fourth Street a lot, but that's that's a convention where I, I get a lot of they talk about creatives, and that's a thing that they'll do panels every so often where they talk about the act of creation, and and there's a lot of of work that is put into creating content, into writing, into whatever act of creation you're doing. And it's not simply a factor of amount of time equals production. You can't just say, I have, I did this much in two hours, which means I will do double that in four hours. And so that was true even before we add all of the stress of, of mm-hmm. a global pandemic. But then when you add the stress of a global pandemic, you may not even be as productive as you were before, even with more time. Yeah, no, that's very important. I'm very glad you brought that up, Chase, because I did not have that as a thing. And that's a very important. It kind of reminds me going into kind of um, thinking about the actual advice and actually just tying this back to the social anxiety piece. Uh, I want to highlight because, Chase, you mentioned kind of a lot about that. Um, it basically is mindfulness, but it's it's awareness and kind of giving yourself permission. Um as you said, I had to come to grips with the fact that the only night of the week that I can really stream my parents play EDH stream is going to be putting me up against a stream that I know has a lot of followers. And so I could have let that kind of led to me just being like, well, there's no point to doing this. I'm only doing it for creation, but I'm also just doing it to play magic. And yeah, I'm, I'm streaming it because people have expressed an interest in kind of hanging out and seeing it. And even if it's a handful of people, that's okay because it, there's a purpose to this and why I'm doing it. It's not just that I have to be the best content creator or I have to be, you know, trying to make this popular because I, you know what, that's my, not my life in terms of me even being able to um, come up against that. Like I just, I don't have the time that I did when I was in my twenties and my thirties that I could even devote to it. And at first I kind of had that mindset that I still was back at that age and that I had to be ready and, able to kind of make this grow whereas when who knows when things go back to whatever it is i might not be able to do it regularly anymore i have family i have things that i'll be doing and i think that that's where it ties back into that whole episode that we did on social anxiety is just this idea that we do need to be aware you need to kind of be able to know yourself and and actually awareness is the biggest piece that we always talk about is the first step to anything so by teaching anger management people just don't realize that they're getting angry. They realize at the point where they're already about to explode. And the first step is just starting to recognize what are the signs. And I think that for us and all of us, we're now having to be socially cut off from people to be aware of what your signs are that you're not doing well, to be aware of what you're engaging in and how much you're engaging in it. If I, if I could piggyback, I I know that this is probably going to be the longest episode ever. Um, but I, I think that's actually super fantastic to say is you're not really knowing until you're like at that point. Um, and I honestly, we could do a whole episode about what I'm about to say right now. I know for a fact, both of y'all will literally be like, yes, a hundred percent. Um, advice that I would give to you guys to know when you're at that moment, really take the time to figure out how things feel in your body. Um, that is like the biggest, biggest thing. And that's kind of helped me realize, hey, I'm not doing okay, or hey, I'm sad, is noting where that feeling is in the body because our emotions really do live in the body. And I know that sounds very weird. Um, yeah. But an example would be um, 
when I feel like I'm about to cry, I feel a pressure behind my eyes. Or when I feel really, really angry, I feel my eye twitch. Or when I feel like really, really, really like I'm about to wail, I feel this tightness in my throat, like a frog in my throat. Really becoming comfortable with with that, with with what that feels like in your body. And then you can kind of slowly but surely figure out where where things lie. Where you where your limit is, where you know you're going. Okay, hey, I'm not doing so so great today. Um, I'm feeling kind of like, you know, I'm throughout my my like my leg is my leg is twitching, and I know that's a sign that I'm feeling very anxious right now, or you know, stuff stuff like that is actually really um, monumental in figuring yeah, the mind body connection. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. and yeah. It, it's so helpful. So. Like I know that I'm going off on a very long, long, uh, beautiful tangent. I might say. Yeah, but, um, let's make sure we call it what it is. It is. It's it's beautiful tangent. It's a beautiful, beautiful tangent, but I think that it's very important for everybody to understand here that um, each each individual's body is different in 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 the blatant way and in, in in the way I'm saying. We all process our emotions differently. We all feel things differently, um, and things manifest themselves in our bodies differently. So really kind of if I'm going to give you homework, <laughs> that's my favorite thing I like to say to my clients because um, yep. they always look at me like they're they always get mad at me when I when I word it that way. But then I tell them what the homework is and it makes them want to do it more because it's not like paperwork. But um, <laughs> I want to give you guys homework to sit down for maybe five minutes, just five minutes. You can time yourself. You don't have to five minutes and think about you know how how you're feeling. I want to say how you're feeling, not in that moment, but how how this whole situation has made you feel. If you're comfortable doing this, if you feel like you you would not be able to handle this well by by means, you know, don't don't do that. But see how it feels in your body. You know, a lot of people are sad they can't travel, see their friends, see their partners. How does that feel? You know, exploring that I think can be very helpful. Um. We'll meet next week <laughs> and we'll, we'll unpack that. And that's our show for today. You can find the hosts on Twitter. HotsQ can be found at HotsQ and Alex Newman can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Send any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to at GoblinLorePod on Twitter or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobsmugs, the cast can be found at patreon.com slash goblinlordpod. Opening and closing music by Vindergotten, who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten or online at vindergotten.bandcamp.com. Logo art by Steven Raphael, who can be found on Twitter at Steve Raffle. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Hipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you all for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. <laughs>